there and welcome back to Fanfit's house. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Welcome back to FanFit's House, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And the Tony Awards are this Sunday, June 12th. Yes. So we're going to talk about the history of the Tony Awards and Mm -hmm. then talk about who's nominated for what in our opinions. Yeah. And So shall we start talking about the first awards and the early years of the Tonys? Yeah. Okay. So... The first award, named after Antoinette Perry, which I thought was so cool that it was a girl. Like, yeah, I did not know this until sitting down to like research this. Um, she was an actress, director, producer, and a dynamic wartime leader of the American theater wing who had passed away So, um, the year that the Tony Awards made their official debut at a dinner in the Grand Ballroom of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel on Easter Sunday, April 6th of 1947. I love that. The 40s are my favorite era, so like, I, know. I love I and love, it's, I love it. It's all women that were running the um, American Theater Wing at the time because it was... I love it! Well, because all the men were off to war. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So Well, 47, they have just come back. True, but still. Um... Do you want to do the little sub Yeah, sure. So Vera Alley was, or sorry, Vera Allen was Perry's successor's chairwoman of the wing and presided over that, sorry, over an evening that included dining, dancing, and the program of entertainment. Yes, and this and, was the Tony Awards. Yes. The, the dress code was black tie optional, and the performers who took the stage included Mickey Rooney, Herb Schreiner, Ethel Waters, and David Wayne. 11 Tonys were presented in seven categories, and there were eight special awards, including one for Vincent Sardi, who was the proprietor of the Eponymous Eatery on West 44th Street. And the winners that night included Jose Ferrer, Arthur Miller, Helen Hayes, Ingrid Bergman, Patricia Neal, um, uh, Elia Kazan, Kazan, and Agnes DeMille. Yes. And um, the Broadway community embraced the Tonys from the beginning. And while the awards ceremony in its early years was smaller than it was today, the annual gala dinner quickly became one of the highlights of the New York theater season. I think I Mm -hmm. saw somewhere that the first Tony Award, the ticket was like $10 for the gala dinner. (laughs) And it's now it's $2,000 for nosebleed seats. Mm-hmm. That those were the days when you could hop on the subway where for three people and it would be a nickel each way. Yeah. 
Um, in the 18 years that followed, the Denner and Tony Awards presentations took place in ballrooms of such hotels as the Plaza, the Waldorf Astoria, and the Astor. WOR and the Mutual Network broadcast the awards ceremonies over the radio and television coverage began in 1956 when Dumont's Channel 5 telecast them locally for the first time. Entertainment was provided by such Broadway favorites and talented then newcomers as uh, Catherine Cornell, Guthrie McClintock, Ralph Bellamy, Joan Crawford, Alfred uh, de Liarge. I can never say his name right. Yeah, Liarge, Um, Junior Gilbert Miller, Shirley Booth, Carol Channing, Joan Fontaine, Paul Newman, Geraldine Page, Anne Bancroft, Sidney Poitier. (laughs) Jesus, this line, this list is huge. Um, Friedrich March, um, Robert Goulet, Gia Young, Anna Maria Albergetti, Henry Fonda, and many others. Yes. Jeez. In spite of the untimely death of Helen McKinnon, then chairwoman of the wing, the 19th... I think this is Mencken. Mencken? Yeah, as in, like... Alan? Alan Mencken? Oh. In spite is of that the... Is that not who that is? I don't know. Let's look her up. Let's Google it up. Nope. No. Just an actress. But... Who had um... four husbands. Go, wow. girl. Yeah. Um, but in spite of the untimely death of Helen Menken, then chairwoman of the American Theater Wing, the 1966 Tony Awards were presented at the Rainbow Room, and the ceremony was subdued and for the first time, first and only time, held in the afternoon without any entertainment. Wow. I would have hated the 1966 Tony Awards if I had gone. Like, no entertainment? Come on. Yeah. Um, and in then memoriam. the following year the tony ceremony was once again a gala affair but with a key difference you want to explain the key difference for sure Sure. with isabel stevenson as its new president the wing invented invited the broadway league then known as the league of new york theaters to co-present the tonys in 1967 just in time for the ceremony's inaugural broadcast on network television for the first time, a national audience could watch the presentation of the Tony Awards, which brings us into the television era. Yes. So Alexander H. Cohen produced the historic broadcast, which only lasted an hour, and organized a celebratory gala that followed immediately afterward. That year, the Tonys moved from their traditional hotel ballroom setting to a Broadway theater, which was the Schubert. Which is where they're still held today, right? It. It's in between the Schubert and the Radio City Music Hall every year. That's right. Um, but then last year was the Winter Garden because Beetlejuice had just been kicked out. So it was like already empty. Yeah, makes sense. So I guess it rotates around. Yeah. But those, like, but it was at the Schubert for a long time. Well, the Schubert and Radio City is where it like flip-flops between usually. Yeah. It's at Radio City this year. Ah, very nice. Um. Cohen continued to produce the award ceremony and the gala dinner for the next two decades, overseeing their national telecast on various networks on behalf of the League and the Wing. And during his tenure, the Tonys became known as the finest awards program on television, incorporating live performances with the bestowal of actual awards. Which I love. Yes. 
The Cohen era ended in 1987, and that year, The Wing and The League created Tony Award Productions, a joint venture that has continued to produce the awards and their related events to this day. CBS began carrying the awards ceremony in 1978 and has broadcast the Tonys nationally every year since. Yeah. For six years, beginning with the 51st annual Tony Awards presentation in 1997, the Tony Awards program aired under a unique partnership between CBS and PBS. One, a one-hour PBS special covered 10 awards, followed immediately by the CBS broadcast. However, beginning in 2003, CBS devoted an entire three-hour time slot to the Tonys. The result has been a seamless awards and entertainment program broadcast on that network. The Tony program has received numerous Emmy awards during the CBS era, and this is broadcast each June in many countries across the globe. The Tonys celebrated a milestone in 1997 when the awards ceremony moved away from Broadway for the first time in three decades. Um, for all but one of the years between 1997 and 2010, Tony Night took place each June at New York's celebrated Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then since 2011, the ceremony has been held at either Radio City or at the Be- Beacon Theater on Manhattan's Upper West Side. So I guess we were both wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was right with the Radio City part. Yeah. (laughs) And all of this is from the Tony Awards website, under, like, history on their website. So, can't dispute it, peeps. Not Wikipedia this time. Yeah. Thanks, Tonys. Um, In 2000, TonyAwards.com launched and immediately became the definitive resource for information about the awards. Today, the Tony Awards online social media presence includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and other platforms. In addition to the CBS broadcast, fans can watch the show online via CBS All Access and purchase individual performance segments and an, a, the entire show on iTunes and Amazon. Yes. And the telecast is now broadcast on six continents as Broadway fans worldwide join the Tony Awards in celebrating the, um, theatrical excellence. One of my, one of the things that I, like, strongly disliked about the Tonys for a while, like, we'll get into it a little bit later. Yeah. But, like, in these really early years, especially from, like, there was, like, maybe one or two at the very beginning, but there was a long time in Tony history where they did nothing for technical awards. Yeah, and now they do, like, after Sound the design, ad break. costume design, lighting design, and one other one. Oh, there's a whole bunch. I have, the, I was... So I was writing out all of the competitive awards as they were coming out. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching the like nominations broadcast that I think it was oh who was it? It was Henry something. It was the guy who I saw in Waitress. Mm-hmm. That was in the Tick Tick Boom movie. Hold on. It was announced by Joshua Henry and Adrian Warren, and as they're like announcing like each award. I'm, like, mm-hmm. typing furiously. Mm-hmm. I should have just copy and pasted them, but I was already watching it, so I was like, I'm just going to do this now. So it's scenic design, costume design, lighting design, sound design. Yeah. So those four. 
Yeah, those were, I think costume design has been in it for a little bit longer, but it was lighting, sound, and I think Scenic was in it too. It was just lighting and sound that I think were fighting for a long time to be put back in. And people were saying, oh, it's not an art. Oh, it's not an art. Until people went to social media. Actually, it was a big YouTube campaign, maybe five, six years ago, a little while ago. Well, that was like, shows like six. Yeah. What is a show without lighting and without sound? What show do you have? Nothing. I'm sorry, but Six is going to win all the technical awards for... Uh, except for Scenic. Is it nominated for Scenic? I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. There's, like, no set. It's, like, like with... It's, like, platforms. Um, spoiler alert, it is not. Yeah. But I think okay. it's going to win all the other technical awards. Okay. It's not nominated for any actor awards, though, so... We'll get into my thoughts about that. I'm. We'll get there. But remember, they made a new category for them. No, that was Best... a different award. Best Ensemble? Yeah, that was a different award show. Oh, lame. That Come was on, the off-Broadway and on-Broadway ones. Oh. Step your game up, Tonys. Come on. I know. Also, um, we're getting into Jimmy's time frame, too. I know. Jimmy's are coming uh, one up. of the kids at my high school, he was he moved forward to like um, the state version of it. Oh, so nice. whoever wins like the state ones goes to the Jimmy's. The Jimmy's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of my little sisters, like best friends. They go to high school together, like they're in the same grade. That's awesome. Go you, Carter, if you go further. <laughs> Who, who did he play? So it was in Cinderella. I forget the character's name, but he's the one that ends up with the other steps, the nice stepsister in the Rodgers and Hammerstein Like the Cinderella. baker guy? Not a baker. He's like a political rationalist guy. Falls in love with Gabrielle I, in Rodgers and I, Hammerstein. I know who you're talking about. Um, so shall we get into the 75th annual Tony Awards? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the 75th Annual Tony Awards will be hosted by Academy Award-winning and Tony-nominated actress Ariana DeBose on June 12th of 2022. The ceremony will be at Radio City Music Hall in New York City and will be broadcast live on CBS for the, um, for the first time coast to coast. Yes. And this is on their app and stuff like that. Because I know that we mentioned how they're, like, TV-wise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So... There are two non... No, one, two. No, there's a two bunch non- of non-competitive awards. Oh, there is a whole bunch. So there's a bunch of non-competitive awards, and I'll talk. we'll talk about those really quick. Yeah. Um, so James C. Nicola, New York Theater Workshop Artistic Director, will be awarded a special Tony Award. It doesn't say, like, anything about it, just that he's no. getting one. Yeah. Um, Robert Wankel will be awarded the Isabella Stevenson Award, and this award is for, um, philanthropic, 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 award presented as part of the Tony Awards to recognize an individual from the theater community who has made a substantial contribution of volunteered time and effort on behalf of one or more humanitarian social service, or charitable organizations, regardless of whether such organization is related to theater. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's named after Isabella Stevenson, who we talked yeah. about earlier. 
Um, the Court Theater in Chicago, Illinois, will be awarded the Regional Theater Tony Award, as well as the Asian American Performers Action Coalition, so that's AAPC, um, Broadway for All, Feinstein's uh, 54 Below, um, Emily Gershman, and United States Scenic Arts, Local USA 829, IATSE, will be awarded the Tony Honors for Excellence in Theater. Yeah, so all of these different groups will be, and people will be nominated for the, or are all being given this award. Mm-hmm. Angela Lansbury will receive a special Tony Award for Lifetime in Theater. Yes. Yes, and then this next one was announced, like, literally a few hours ago. And it is Roshonda jones Cumba of G.W. Carver Magnet High School in Houston will receive... The 2022 Excellence in Theater Education Award, which is an award given by Carnegie Mellon University and the Tony um, Committee. And is it for, like, teachers or for students? Yeah, it's for um, teachers. um, That's awesome. Who do something, like, real special in theater that year. And you can, like, nominate your own teacher for it. And if they get far, they could win this award. That's really cool. I think the one I remember the most was um, Parkland High School in Florida. Their theater teacher was nominated the year of the Parkland shooting. Mm-hmm. And she like the kids all got to sing a song from it. And it was they awarded it to her because of her like bringing this light to these kids after such a rough time. That's awesome. Yeah. That was the same year that Hamilton was nominated, right? I think so. So now we're going to get into the fun part. And this is the part that everybody's excited for. And it's the competitive awards. Yes. Everybody has a favorite and has somebody that they want to win. Yes. So. Um, So they're going to be like scenic design of play and then musical play, musical play, musical down. So we're each going to do like the category and we'll both do... The play and the musical and then the next person. Okay. So best scenic design of a play. So the nominees are Beowulf Borat for POTUS or Behind Every Great Dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive. I love that title so Me much. Too. It's, Except it's for really when long. I was typing it up. It's long, but it's amazing. <laughs> Michael Carnan and Nicholas Husong for Skeleton Crew. Mm-hmm. S. Devlin for the Lehman Trilogy, Anna Fuchel for Hangman, Scott Pask for American Buffalo, and Adam Rigg for The Skin of Our Teeth. And I think best... POTUS is going to win. I, I think so, too. But fun fact, as I'm about to say, um, the POTUS scenic design, um, or scenic director, is also a scenic director of one of the musicals nominated. He is. So, Best Scenic Design of a Musical, um, the nominees are Beowulf Borat and 59 Productions for Flying Over Sunset, mm-hmm. Bunny Christie for Company, mm-hmm. Arnolfo Maldonado for A Strange Loop, Ner- Derek McLean and Peter Negrini for MJ, the Michael Jackson musical, mm-hmm. and Alan Moyer for Paradise Square. I think Company's going to get this one. Really? I think Company is going to take a lot more than we think. 
I agree, especially after what happened in the theater community. Yeah. I in, also think... What, November? Yeah, mm, November? December? I'm talking about Sondheim's passing. Yeah. Like, um, also, can we talk about how every theater is doing Sweeney? Right. <laughs> or Legally Blonde. Yeah. Um, I also think 59 Productions for Flying Over Sunset is going to be good, too. I think that one's really pretty. Yeah, that's why I was like, really? I think you think that? But I don't think Babel 4 will win both. No. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah, I agree. So. I also heard MJ was really good, too. So I don't know. I think they're all going to win. (laughs) I have, like, very little stakes in that one. You see, so usually when it comes to especially the, like, more technical awards... And especially the play awards, I usually get them right. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but usually I get the play categories right more so than the musicals. I think it's because I have a favorite musical usually. Yeah. I'm like, I want it to win all the awards, but I don't really care about the plays. Yeah. Whereas, like, when we're talking about the plays, we're like, oh, yeah, I think this one was really good. And, like, I heard good reviews about this one. And, yeah. Like, I remember we were watching the year Angels of America was revived with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. He took, like, Angels of America took so many awards that year. And same with the Harry Potter play when that was... Yeah. It was it was bizarre. I remember I met my friend Julie, I think, a few, like, a few days before the Tony Awards. And our first real bonding experience was us texting over, like, our thoughts on who had won. Yes. <laughs> And that was, I was at least 16, 17 years old. So either the 2017 or 2018 Tony Awards. Yeah. Okay. So next is going to be Best Costume Design Awards. First is Best Costume of a Play. There's Montana Levi Blanco for The Skin of Our Teeth. Um, Serafina Bush for Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide slash When the Rainbow is Enough. Um, Amelia Sosa for Trouble in Mind, Jane Greenwood for Neil Simon's Plaza Suite, and Jennifer Moeller for Clyde's. Okay. I haven't seen any of these costumes, honestly. Me neither. I do think, oh, is it Neil Simon's Plaza Suite that is pretty heavily star-casted? I don't remember. I think it is. I think it, hold on, let me... Is that the, yeah, it's the two-person show, so it is literally Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Husband yeah. and wife playing the couple in the show. I love it. Yeah. Next is Best Costume Design of a Musical. So we have Fly Davis for Caroline or Change, Tony Leslie James for Paradise Square, um, William Ivy Long for Diana the Musical, Santo Loquasto for The Music Man. Gabriella Slade for Six. Paul Tazewell for MJ. Six is going to win. I kind of agree. Really? I kind of agree. Because it's the most unique thing we've seen in a long time in terms of costuming. Yeah. That and, like, with how much work she, like, put in. Especially, like, making all of them based on a different pop artists yeah not just taking inspiration from the portraits of these six women yeah however oh jeez. diana the musical also had really good costumes 
The musical he, was terrible. The costumes were good. Yeah. That's not yeah. winning anything for book or score. I don't, I think that's the only thing it's nominated for, actually. I would believe it. Because the costumes, beautiful. Everything else? Yeah, it's the only thing. I just did a control F, Diana, and mm-hmm. it's the only thing it's nominated for. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to go on to the best lighting design category. And, of course, first is best lighting design of a play. And the nominees are Joshua Carr for Hangman, Joyeon Chong, question mark, for four colored girls who have considered suicide slash when the rainbow is enough, John Clark for the Lehman Trilogy, Jane Cox for Macbeth, and Yi Zhao for Skin of Our Teeth, and then Best Lighting Design of a Musical, Neil Austin for Company, Tim Dealing for Six, Donald Holder for Paradise Square, Natasha Katz for MJ, Bradley King for Flying Over Sunset, and Jen Shriver for A Strange Loop. Okay. Another one I think that Six might win. MJ also might win. I think MJ and Six are like neck and neck on this one. Yeah. Um, I just want six to win as many technical awards since it's not nominated for any actor award. I know. (laughs) Um, For a play, I don't really know. I don't either. Uh, Next we have... Depending on what Macbeth did, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Next we have best sound design of a play. We have Justin Ellington for for colored girls who have considered suicide slash when the rainbow is enough. Um, Mikhail Fiskel for D- Dana, Dana H. H. Um, Palmer Heffron for The Skin of Our Teeth. Nick Powell for, and Dominic Bikley, Bilkley. Bilkey. Bilkey for the Lehman Trilogy. Um, and Mikhail Suleiman for Macbeth. Um, I don't really know. Um, I don't either. Best Sound Design of a Musical, Simon Baker for A Girl from the North Country, um, Paul Gatehouse for Six, Ian Dickinson for Autograph for Company. So next is the direction categories. Mm -hmm. Um, First is Best Direction of a Play, and the nominees are Liliana Blaine-Cruz for The Skin of Our Teeth, Camille A. Brown for Four Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide slash When the Rainbow is Enough, Sam Mendes for the Lehman Trilogy, Neil Pepe for American Buffalo, and Les Waters for Dana H. And then the Best Direction of a Musical category, um, the nominees are Stephen or Stephen Brackett for A Strange Loop, Marion Elliott for Company, Connor McPherson for Girl from the North Country, Lucy Moss and Jamie Armour. Armitage for six and Christopher Weldon for MJ. I think we. Oh no! I, you were right. Okay, never mind. What? I was looking at something. Never mind. Um, direction is such a weird category for like outsiders who haven't seen any of these shows to like yeah. kind of judge on. I'd feel. I agree. I feel like most of these are kind of difficult to judge on. If you've not I mean, seen the like show. I mean, like, you can see pictures and, like, performances. Yeah. 
or like read reviews like yeah. I do, which is how I get most of the plays right. <laughs> so um, for best choreography, Camille A. Brown is for for colored girls who have considered suicide. We're just going to call it that for now. Um, <laughs> it's too long. Yeah. Um, Warren Carlisle for The Music Man, Carrie Ann Ingrenu for Six, Bill T. Jones for Paradise Square, and Christopher Wielden for MJ. I think this is the first one where I'm like, Music Man might win. I think MJ might win. It's going to be in between MJ and Music Man, I think. I think MJ is like the surprising, is like a dark horse this year. Really? I do. I think MJ is going to be the dark horse. Okay. Like the Spongebob musical was like five or six years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. True. And Mean Girls, you remember? Everybody wanted Mean Girls to win. Mean Girls won like two. And like the yeah. Spongebob musical came out like winning a ton. True. That was the same year Angels in America kept winning. Yeah. So, best orchestrations, um, the nominees are David Cullen for Company, Tom Curran for Six the Musical, Simon Hale for Girl from the North Country, Jason Michael Webb and David Holsenberg for MJ, and Charlie Rose for A Strange Loop. I think six. Yeah. But- this category was not there last year. Oh, wait, no. It was the best original score that wasn't there last year, and I will complain about why best original score wasn't there and two awards okay orchestration is like about the music that's played it's for the conductor it's yeah it's for the like the actual like band yeah so six has a chance Uh, yeah but company's really hard yeah that's why i'm like company has uh oh what's the song i've sung it not getting married married. today not getting married today also, can we just... I love this company. Company's production. good, yeah. Well, this is... Have you, like, heard the West End company revival that they did a few years ago? So, it was kind of gender-bent. Oh. For most Yeah, I knew that about it, yeah. Um. So, if you go listen to the West End cast, Jason Bailey, who is the brother in Bridgerton, the main one, Anthony, mm-hmm. he's... The um the not getting married today character. Okay. So you have Anthony singing that song. Also, if you love him, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. Type in his name. What's his name? Jason Bailey. Type in Jason Bailey. Audition for the last five years. <laughs> and it is literally, literally. Gave that me sounds so good. Chills. It was so good. And he did the whole thing in an American accent. And I just about died. That's him with um the or for most of the not getting married today. There were a couple words here and there that like kind of came out with his British. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, do yourself a favor, go listen yes. to it. He sings "If I Didn't Believe in You," and like by the end of it, I was like, I believe in me. <laughs> so good. So next we have um, Best Book of a Musical. We have Girl from the North Country by Connor McPherson. We have MJ by Lynn Nottage. We have Mr. Saturday Night by Billy Crystal, Lowell Gaines, and Babalu Mandel. We have uh, Paradise Square by Christina Anderson, Craig Lucas, and Larry Curran. And A Strange Loop by Michael R. Jackson. Okay. Um, 
I haven't missed, or I haven't read the script for any of these. Yeah, I don't know the book. For I've this. heard that Paradise Square is really good. Like they're not marketing themselves that much, but they have the most nominations this year. I've heard that. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good from the people that have seen it, but they're not like marketing themselves at all, like other shows, like MJ and all that stuff. Honestly, because it was running when I was in New York and I didn't even know about it. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's a tactic. So best original score. I'm just going to complain about this for a little bit. Music and or lyrics. Yes. Best original score, music or lyric and or lyrics written for the theater. So last year when we had the makeshift Tony Awards and like only four musicals were eligible for nominations that year. Mm -hmm. I forget which ones it was. Hold on. Mm. 2021 Tonys. It was Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge. Okay. And there was, there were two other musicals. Hold on. They were all jukebox musicals, weren't they? And Tina, the Tina Turner musical. However, yeah, so they were all jukebox musicals, so they weren't eligible for this award. So this award didn't exist last year. However, there was a musical that was eligible for nominations, but didn't get nominated in any category. So it would have won by default for this one. And it is the Percy Jackson musical, The Lightning Thief. And the music in that show is so good, it should have been nominated for this category. But they just were like, no, it's a kid's show, and didn't nominate it for anything. Because, so then that's why we only got one person for best performance by a leading actor in a musical. Because Chris, whatever his last name was, who played Percy, would have also been nominated for that. But it would have still gone to Aaron. Oh, wait, and Aaron Tveit? Okay, hold on. Aaron Tveit in Moulin Rouge? <sighs> I know. Like, he still would have won, but, like, I feel like it was almost out of pity because he was the only nominee in that year's category I, last year. I feel year. like it counts just a little less. Yeah, so, like, if they hadn't put Chris, whatever his name is, yes, Aaron would have won, but it but wouldn't like, have been by default. Yeah. And I just, I, I love the Percy Jackson musical so, 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 so much. You love and everything Percy got, Jackson. I love everything Percy Jackson. And it was just... Yeah, so like best... Oh, wait. No, I'm looking at the awards for last year. So this was actually for best orchestrations, not best original score. Best orchestrations were all plays last year. And it was all the music that they wrote for like underscoring for the plays. Love it. But like orchestration, the only one that would have been nominated would have been Percy Jackson. And they would have won. Okay. And I'm still mad to this day. So, best original score, music, and or lyrics written for the theater. The nominees are Flying Over Sunset, music by Tom Kitt, and lyrics by Michael Corey. Mr. Saturday Night, music by Jason Robert Brown, lyrics by Amanda Crane. Paradise Square, music by Jason Howland, lyrics by Nathan Tyson and Mozzie Zare. Six, music and lyrics by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. And A Strange Loop, music and lyrics by Michael R. Jackson. I think six. I think six. I didn't know Jason Robert Brown was nominated. I honestly didn't know either. Hasn't that man won enough Tonys? Yes. Also, I went to high school with a girl named Amanda Green. No way. It's not the same one, obviously, but 
Might be. <laughs> She's furiously Googling. <laughs> you can start reading the next one. No, it is definitely not. Okay. Um, so next is best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. And that is going to be um, Matt Doyle for Company, Sidney DuPont for Paradise Square, Jared Grimes for Funny Girl, John Andrew Morrison for A Strange Loop, A.J. Shively for Paradise Square. I think Company. I think Company. Um, and then Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Musical. Um, the nominees are Jeanette Bayardell for Girl from the North Country, Shoshana Bean for Mr. Saturday Night, Jane Hottyshell for The Music Man, L. Morgan Lee for A Strange Loop, Patty Lapone for Company, Jennifer Samard for Company. I kind of want Jeanette Bayardell to win. I want, hold on, let me, let me look up who, who I want. Why do you want Jeanette? Well, I looked this up. I don't know. I feel like Shoshana Bean has won plenty. Yeah. Patty Lapone, plenty. I don't know. I just don't want somebody who's already won a Tony to win. I always root for people who, like, have never won anything before. Kind of like the underdogs. Yeah. Not the underdog, but the underdog. Yeah. Like, every year at the Oscars, anytime Leonardo DiCaprio was nominated, I got to root for him because he's never won. <laughs> Until- Al Morgan Lee um, is making history. What? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, L. Morgan Lee is making history as the first openly transgender actress to be nominated for the Tony Awards. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. So I'd like for, like, either her... Um, who did you say? Jane Hottyshell? Jeanette Baradell. Or Jeanette Baradell. I'd want either L. Morgan Lee or Jeanette Baradell to win because Shoshana Bean has won too many Patty Lapone I don't think she's gonna get it anyway not after her outburst are you kidding me yeah not after that outburst you can google it um yeah <laughs> but I like check audio it but yeah she, she's not gonna win no they because then they would be endorsing that behavior yeah so like, people are calling it, like, iconic and, like, all this stuff. But I'm, like, you know what? It's also really unprofessional. Yeah. Like, that's not I the agree. way you handle that stuff. I agree. Anyway, uh, Google it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Next we have. Okay, best- so now we're doing the actors and actresses in a play. No. Yeah, so we have best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play. We have Alfie Allen for Hangman. Chuck Cooper for Trouble in Mind, Jesse Tyler Ferguson for Take Me Out, Ron Cephas Jones for Clyde's, Michael Oberholzer for Take Me Out, and Jesse Williams for Take Me Out. Who's Jesse Williams? Why does that name sound familiar? Jesse Tyler Ferguson, I think, is the guy from Modern Family. Yeah, he's the guy from Modern Family. Because I like literally paused the award show for me to like be like wait a second oh he's he's been he's dr jackson avery is jesse williams in gray's anatomy what yeah nobody told me jackson avery was on broadway oh 
What? Dr. Jackson Avery on the ABC series Grey's Anatomy from 2009 to 2021, Jesse Williams. I love him. You want him? I love him. I'm just saying he's a fantastic actor. I love him. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, he's well known enough. I mean, I mean, so is Jesse Williams. I think like one of the one of the new babies should win. Yeah. Uh, Again, all of these could be well known because they're plays and I don't really know. That's true. These could be actors we just don't really know. But yeah. Um, Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play. The nominees are Uzo Uzo Aduba. For Clyde's, Rachel Dratch for Dratch, Rachel Dratch for POTUS or behind every great dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive. Or from now Kanita, on, POTUS. Yeah, for now on, POTUS. Kanita R. Miller for for coed girls who have considered suicide. Felicia Rashad for Skeleton Crew. Julie White for POTUS, and Kara Young for Clyde's. I haven't heard of any of these names. Me neither. I hope one of the two POTUS girls win, because I just love the idea of that show. That'd be cool. (laughs) Next, we have Best Performance by an Actor for a Leading Role in a Musical. We all know who's going to win. Uh-oh. Do we? I don't want him to win, but I think he's going to. So we have Billy Crystal for Mr. Saturday Night. Miles Frost for MJ, Hugh Jackman for The Music Man, Rob McClure for Mrs. Doubtfire, and Jaquel Spivey for A Strange Loop. So Rob McClure should win. I agree. Because he has to do the voice, but I think it's going to go to Hugh Jackman. I don't think so. I'm optimistic. I hope it goes to Rob McClure, and I think it's going to go to him. I hope he goes to Rob McClure, but... Or Miles Frost. Yeah. Let's be honest, Mrs. Doubtfire only getting one nomination is what killed it. Totally. Because it closed this week. It did. So, did you see the, like, the curtain call that they did? No. The day that the nominations were announced? Mm-mm. So, the actress who plays the oldest daughter in the show, she, like, paused the curtain and was like, we have, like... Like, this whole show is about family, and a, our leading member of our family was just nominated for the Tony Awards and, like, brought out a big bouquet for them. Oh, that's nice. And then later that week, she they pretty much did the right? same thing, and she graduated college. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing kind of to her, being like, there's something big that just happened with this family. That's cute. Yeah. So, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical. The nominees are Sharon D. Clark for Carolina Change, Carmen Cusack for Flying Over Sunset, Sutton Foster for The Music Man, Joaquina Kulakhango for Paradise Square, Mar and Mar Wingham for Girl from the North Country. Yeah. Sorry, I, like, zoned out there for a second. I was like, where are we? I don't know. I I like Carmen Cusack. I do, too. I just... 
I don't want Music Man to get that many nominations. I don't either, honestly. I feel like that's so bad. (laughs) Is that bad to say? No, I feel like a lot of people are rooting against Music Man because of the reputation of the show it has. It has nothing against the actors and the actresses or the show itself. Because I love Sutton Foster. I do like Sutton Foster. However, I I am kind of upset that they felt that they could lower the music for her, but then, like, were somebody who, like, wanted to gender bend the cast or if they wanted to have, like, a transgender person play that character, then they wouldn't lower it. Like, that's rude. Or for just somebody who can't sing it but has the acting chops. Yeah, I agree. Just saying. But she's a big name in theater, and they were having to put someone against Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I'm just not a huge fan of Music Man as a show in general. You're telling me you don't like Shapoopy? I think the only good song, and I'm gonna get so much hate for this. This is so many controversial opinions. Is I got trouble. I honestly don't even know Music Man that well. The only thing I know from Music Man is Shapoopy. I got trouble is like the I like that in the train opening sequence. Because it's all the, like, salespeople doing, like, in-beat to the train in the background. Like, all of their sales pitches. That's pretty cool. And it's, Actually, like, I think I have heard thing. that. Yeah. Where I'm... it's, like, the one for the cashman, two for whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the I Got Trouble is the I Got Trouble right here in River City with the capital P. That stands for pool. You sure we got trouble? We sure we got trouble. I don't know. I think the, I'm just, like, so... I don't want to say jaded, but, like, hatred-filled like, toward Music Man because there's like a bad taste what in your mouth. with Beetlejuice. Exactly. And it's nothing against the cast or the show itself. I mean, the show itself is, like, mediocre at best, but, like, that's just my opinion. Yeah. The theater companies in Orlando love to do Music Man for whatever reason. And so I've probably seen it a million times. No, we shouldn't do it. There are so many other better, like, golden age musicals. Why are we doing Music Man? Yeah, agreed. That and 76 Trombones. We forgot about, like, the main song that everyone knows. Also, their rush tickets are stupid. Rush tickets are supposed to be cheap, like $20. Do you know how much the Music Man rush tickets are? 200 $76 for the 76 Trombones. That's stupid. Thank you. Moving on. Good on. (laughs) Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Simon Russell Bale for the Lehman Trilogy. Adam Goodley for the Lehman Trilogy. Adrian Lester for the Lehman Trilogy. (laughs) David Morse for How I Learned to Drive. Sam Rockwell for American Buffalo. Ruben Santiago Hudson for Lackawanna Blues. And David Therofall for Hangman. I've heard Lackawanna Blues is amazing. I have two, and it's not really nominated for anything. No, it's not. I've heard it was amazing, though. I think what really... Oh, it's only nominated for one award, and it's Best Leading Actor. Good. Well, I mean, well, not good, but, like... What happens with the plays, and I like recently learned this from one of the theater TikTokers I follow, is that they have a short run compared to these musicals. That's what I've heard, So too. that's why we see so many names, or so many play names instead of so many musical names mm-hmm. each year so then there's way more plays to really pull from mm-hmm. makes sense and it's usually plays that open in like january like 
close to when they're really starting to watch all the shows for nomination season. Mm-hmm. Those are the shows that normally get picked. I see. Um, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. Um, the nominees are Gabby Beans for The Skin of Our Teeth, with Chance for Trouble in Mind, Ruth Niga, right? Is that how you pronounce the name? I don't know. Why are you looking at me? I have no idea. For Macbeth, Deidre um, O'Connell for Dana H, and Mary Louise Parker for How I Learned to Drive. I don't know. I have no preference. I don't either. Um, I've but- heard How I Learned to Drive. Oh, is it How I Learned to Drive? Which one is the one that they now like have to have you lock up your phones when you go in? Oh, I don't know. Did you hear about that, though? No. So, one of these plays, I forget which one. I th- Oh, wait, I think it's Take Me Out. Never mind. But Take Me Out, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a nude scene in it, and they're now having to lock people's phones up because people were taking videos and pictures of the actors nude. That's rude. That's terrible. Yeah. You're not supposed and to take pictures And then it was leaked of- online. You're not supposed to do that, period. No. Um, next, we have a Best Revival of a Play. We have American Buffalo um, for colored girls who have considered suicide slash when the rainbow is enough, How I Learned to Drive, Take Me Out, and Trouble in Mind. Best Revival of a Musical, Carolina Change, Company, and the Music Man. We all know this is notice going to how Company. Funny, notice how Funny Girl's not on this list. Why is that? It was the only one that was able to be nominated for Revival that wasn't on this list. Why? Because normally it's three musicals, so they kept it that way instead of adding the fourth. Stupid. Like they should have. But Funny Girl, I don't think it's nominated for anything. It's not. I've seen it maybe oh, wait. one. Best actor, I think. Yeah, best actor in a featured role yeah. for Jared Grimes. But yeah, it was like completely snubbed this year. Just yeah. like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. So we're in our last two categories. Um, the last... Uh, for best play is Clyde's by Lynn Nottage, Hangman by Martin McDonough, um, The Lehman Trilogy by Stefano Massini and Ben Power, The Minutes by Tracy Letts, Skeleton Crew by Dominique Morisot. And then best musical, the nominees are Girl from the North Country, MJ, Mr. Saturday Night, Paradise Square, Six, and A Strange Loop. Mm-hmm. I want Six to win, but I think it's going to be Paradise Square. I, yeah. I think it might be Girl from the North Country, too. Yeah, that one also. It, it Usually, if they win Best Book, then it wins Best, best musical. musical. Yeah. I've noticed. So we'll pretty much know whenever Best Book is announced. But we'll have to tune in and see. Yeah, we'll have to tune in and see. I think it starts at 8 p.m. Don't quote me on that. We'll post it on our Instagram. Give you live updates as we go. Um, so make sure you're following 8 us. 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. There you go. So make sure you're following us. Eastern or Pacific? Eastern time. So 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific. Perfect. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at FanFatalesPod to get those live updates of the yes. winners as well. Yes. And then it's going to be on the CBS television network and then streaming live and on demand on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Or if you have traditional cable TV on CBS. Yes. 
And if you have Paramount Plus, there's going to be like an hour beforehand that's like a red carpet thing, and it's going to be hosted by Darren Chris and Julianne Huff. I did see that, and it's going to be very exciting. Let's wrap this up. I'm exhausted. Yes. You're exhausted. We need to go to bed. We need to get this finished. So this fandom news, as you will notice, dear listeners, is a lot of Star Wars. There is a that's lot of because Star Wars. Star Wars Celebration was this past weekend. So a lot of new stuff came out. Yes. So... We will see you guys in fandom news. Stranger Things star Gaten Matarazzo will return to Broadway in Dear Evan Hansen as Jared. It's very exciting. Um, Andor, a limited series, starts streaming on August 31st, only on Disney+. Plus. Family Reboot, an original series, premieres on June 15th, only on Disney+. Plus. The hugely acclaimed and completely sold out New York City Center on course production of James Lapine and Stephen Sondheim's beloved musical Into the Woods will transfer to Broadway for a strictly limited eight-week engagement at the St. James Theater. The Mandalorian and Grogu continue their journey in season three of The Mandalorian, streaming February 2023 only on Disney+. Disney+. <laughs> Which means my 22nd birthday. Uh-huh. Disney Plus is giving me a present again. Um, Star Wars Skeleton Crew, an original series starring Jude Law, from executive producers John Watts, Christopher Ford, John Favreau, that should be an V and not a B, um, and Dave Filoni, is streaming in 2023. Only on Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Complete casting has been announced for the for year four of Tony Award-winning Dear Evan Hansen's critically acclaimed, record-breaking North American tour, Anthony Norman will play the title role of Evan Hansen, Colleen Sexton will play Heidi Hansen, and Lily Thomas will play Cynthia Murphy. Yes. I'm very excited about this next one. Rachel Ziegler, who was recently, um, who recently received critical acclaim for her performance as Maria in Steven Spielberg's Wicked Story, will star as Lucy Gray Baird, in Lion Gate's Hunger Games prequel film, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And Ziegler will star opposite Tom Blythe, who will be playing a young Cornelius Snow, a.k.a. President Snow. Very nice. Set during the High Republic era, the new original series, Young Jedi Adventures, follows younglings as they study the way of the Force and become Jedi. Young Jedi Adventures is coming to Disney, Disney Plus, Plus and Disney Junior in spring of 2023. Obi-Wan Kenobi is now the most watched Disney Plus original series premiere. Boop, boop. Isabella Merced is set to join Dakota Johnson in Sony Pictures' Madam Web. Tales of the Jedi, an anthology of original animated shorts with each story featuring a Jedi from the prequel era, is starting streaming fall of 2022 only on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Star Wars Visions Returns, Volume 2, streaming in spring of 2023, only on Disney+. Disney Plus. <laughs> New destinations are coming soon to Star Tours. The adventures continue. Sales have been paused on all Magic Key passes. Later this summer, when passes will begin to expire, Disneyland will allow current Magic Key holders an opportunity to renew their passes. Um, I didn't think that was confirmed. They didn't confirm if they were going to allow people to renew their passes or what they were going to do. But basically, magic keys are up in the air right now. And go as many times as you can before the summer and before they expire. Yes. Um, Star Wars Celebration returns to Europe in London's Excel Center from April 7th through 
the 10th of 2023, which means if they do it like years past, next year's um in 2024 will be in Orlando, Florida. Because it was it was always Anaheim, London, Orlando, Chicago, Anaheim, London, Orlando, Chicago. Very nice. Boba Fett and Fennec Shad are around the Black Spire Outpost Market at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. The Mandalorian and Baby Grogu will be coming to Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge later this year. Yes. They can't do it in Disney World because they set the stupid Star Cruiser in sequel era. Mm. So then they'd also have to change everything for the Star Cruiser. And it annoys me. Um, and our last t- piece of news is filming for the Percy Jackson series began on June 2nd, the day we're recording this, um, with casting announcements of some of the adult cast members, um, audiences will meet in the first couple of episodes. The adult cast announcement included Virginia Cole as Sally Jackson, Jason Monzukis as Mr. D slash Dionysus, who was like the major fan cast for that character. Percy Jackson Twitter and TikTok are just, like, freaking out right now. Um, Megan Mullally as Mrs. Dodd slash Alecto. Glenn um, Terman as Mr. Bronner slash Chiron. And Tim Sharp as Gabe Ugliano. You guys would not believe the frantic, like, excited Snapchat that I got (laughs) when I was, like, 10 minutes into my day at work today. I was almost in tears. Yeah, she was, like, about to cry. I was looking at all their pictures, and I was like, this is how I imagined most of them. And though, like, when I was, like, first reading, um, I'm so excited. Also, Glaive Ugliano is such a trash character, so, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he, he, he's an abusive husband. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well. He's only in the first book, though. Are we going to see these lovely peeps in the outro? Yeah. You okay? You sad we're done talking about Percy Jackson. <laughs> the the author announced that he's going to be doing um like pretty much like every couple weeks we're gonna be getting cast announcements now that they've started filming. So expect a lot of film announcements in the next couple weeks. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we'll see you guys in the outro. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are a proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right. And if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Join us next week where we will be finally having our friends from the Real Fans Podcast Network um, show Disorder on to talk about our opinions about some Walt Disney animated features. Yes. And remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalesPod for the latest updates and to possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are all at SniffyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carol Lentmeyer. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Bye! Bye.
expressed in this episode do not reflect the brand or company 